Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Faith Talks podcast. We finally have our co-host joining us in this episode. Say hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, guys, that's my best friend. Um, you, you, I will force you guys to like her. You will like her. You will. Period. Um. Um, also, my allergies are, like, kind of bad today, so I'm gonna try to keep the sniffling on the low, but it's really bad, so, yeah. But, today, we are gonna be covering two topics in this podcast today. We'll be talking about the Trinity, and what was the other question, Emmanuel? If God is ongoing, then why do we have free will? Yes, we are gonna be covering that topic today, um, which is, like, a really good topic, apologetics type of topic, but, um... Our first topic is going to be the Trinity. Um, there are many verses in the Bible, many examples of the Trinity in the Bible. Um, and we'll be covering some of those verses, but first we're going to go over the basics of the Trinity. So basically, um, the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all in one. So it's like a three-in-one shampoo. <laughs> um <laughs> And people say, like, well, that's not a monotheistic religion, but they don't understand the Trinity. And it can get really confusing sometimes. But that's okay. Um, I'll let Emmanuel explain some of the Trinity. I have a great analogy of that, actually. Then Leilani will explain some of it. Well, Leilani can go first. Right. So this, I've always, um, people say the whole thing about, oh, then it's not a it's not a monotheistic religion you guys uh serve three gods and i love explaining it this way so you know you have water and water can be in three elements but it's still water so you can have water you can have ice and you can have vapor but at the end of the day it's still one element it's still water so like it's that's the same with the with with uh the holy trinity there's god the father god the son and god the holy spirit but at the end of the day they are still god just one god three parts to one component yeah all right it's your turn well the, the understanding of the trinity is a bit complex um thinking that it is a polyistic religion rather than a mono theistic and I can see how people would think that when the Bible says God is one and Christ makes that very clear in Luke and so on but what we have to distinguish is God the Father and God the Son now you look at First Timothy 3 16 where where Paul is talking about the mystery of God. And Paul makes it very clear how God came into the form of a human, which was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was preached by people and angels and so on. Uh, But an analogy I heard was... um, was you think of school there's elementary middle school and high school there's still school but what do they make they make up 
the screw head or screw hood. Now three, three separate buildings, but making up one entity, which is the school. Yeah, that's good. Dang, I'm from the phone. Um, yeah, um, goodness gracious. There are actually, like, a lot of examples of the Trinity in the Bible. Um, the Trinity... Did someone want to say something? Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, um... The Trinity is one of the fundamental doctrines of, the, of Christianity. And if you're a Christian, you should also believe in the Trinity. And if you hold that, would be like, well, the Bible doesn't talk about the Trinity. Jesus was never God and stuff like that. But you can see so many different examples of the Trinity in the Bible. And we're just going to kind of go through it, starting in Genesis chapter 1. So let me just turn there real quick in my Bible. Oh my gosh. So, a great example of the Trinity will be Genesis chapter 1, um, verse 26. And it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. So you notice that um, it says our, but then it said God said. So that kind of hints at multiple beings. That kind of hints at God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Which is also really cool because um, if one of my friends never told me that, I would have never seen that because the girl doesn't know how to pay attention to things. But it said, let us, hinting that there's multiple beings there, but it's also one. Um, This is one of the very first, well, the... um, second mention of the trinity in the bible because the first one um is verse two in chapter one where it says and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters that also hints at another being and and um do any of y'all have anything to add on to that um i have some verses yes example so we can also see um uh i think one of the well not the first but like in the gospels one of the very first examples of the trinity and that is matthew three sixteen, where it says after being baptized jesus came up immediately from the water and behold the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of god descending as a dove and lightning on him so yeah i think that's that's one and then there's another one and it says that's matthew twelve twenty eight, and it's but if jesus cast out demons by the spirit of god then the kingdom of god has come upon you and there is plenty of examples of the trinity in the in the new testament as well And also, another great example. Do you want to go, Emmanuel? You're kind of quiet over there. Yeah. Do you want to, you want to give us some <laughs> knowledge? You can keep talking. Are you reading Anne of the Green Gables right now? <laughs> I would not be surprised. <laughs> nope. <laughs> We're in the middle of a podcast, Emmanuel. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not reading also, it. Also, another great example in Genesis is chapter 11. 
I feel a sneeze coming on, but we're going to ignore that. In verse 5 of chapter 11, it says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. So if you don't know the story of the Tower of Babel, that's perfectly fine. Um, so they basically built a giant tower to reach the top of the heavens. And when I mean the heavens, there are three men. Heavens mentioned in the Bible. Like, Earth's a heaven, space is a heaven, and then there's the heaven that Jesus and God are in. So what they mean by the heavens in this verse, um, in this section, is like this God. And basically... I think it was like they're trying to protect themselves from another flood. Um, and you see that in verse 5, God came down in the flesh to come see what they were doing. So that's another great example of the Bible. Do you have any other examples, Emmanuel? Well, you, you know, the, the Trinity spoke <clears throat> spoken everywhere in Old and New Testament. Um but but they're very hard to come by. There are some that are in the minor prophets, I believe. Uh, I think some in Zechariah. I could be wrong. I don't remember. Uh, some in the major prophets, such as Isaiah. Now, when you look at the calling of Isaiah in chapter 6, when Isaiah was called to be a prophet by God, you see, there were seraphims, uh, God and Isaiah. But God also said what he said in Genesis 1.26. But this time he said, who will go for us? Now, man does not serve angel, but rather God alone. This sends out the the further interest and doctrine of the trinity which is in the old testament not just in genesis and there there are some many passages where christ does level himself as the same deity as christ i i mean as god is then there's also passage uh it looks very seldom but it's passage in first uh, corinthians 15 where at, at the end of the verse it mentions all three father son and holy ghosts but <clears throat> christ is not a oneness uh, when, when you look at the crucifixion and his uh, death he had a trinitarian death and resurrection just like he had, had a trinitarian baptism believing in the oneness would mean that no one could raise Christ from the dead if God the Father and God the Son were all in one body but knowing that Christ rose from the dead there had to be someone to raise him from the dead now you see on the cross where he says uh, I give my spirit over to the uh, where he gives the spirit over to the father 
now the Trinity is two, three, three persons in one. So you had to give it to another person, or you keep it yourself. But since Christ, being full of deity and power, he made the decision to hand over his spirit to Christ, even though the cross, as a long and gruesome death. Uh, there's a prophecy in that in Psalms 22. And someone raising up Christ, if he was a oneness, would be impossible. Even if he was God himself, thus implying that God can die. But if God the Father gave his son his spirit again, Then the question we should be begging is: If oneness is true, then how does God the Father give back the Spirit to His Son? If God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and Christ are in one body, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So I just have a few more examples. Um, in Genesis chapter thirty-two, verses twenty-two through thirty-two, Jacob wrestles with God, and um, in verse thirty, um, towards the end of the verse, Jacob says, "For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered." Um, so Jacob wrestled with God until the breaking of dawn. And eventually, God touched his hip and broke his hip, so he'd stop. And um, and then um, I think that's when God said, "You know, um, your name is Israel now." Um, I think so. Maybe. Um, another example yeah. is Daniel chapter yeah. three. If I can find that book in my Bible, it's pretty hard for me to find. Um, so we're gonna find it eventually. Uh, so I'll just give you a rundown of the story. So basically, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. So he threw them in the fiery furnace. And in the fiery furnace, while Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in there, they noticed a fourth person in the furnace. And in Daniel chapter three, verse. 25 it says he answered and said but i see more four men of unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods now they said king nebuchadnezzar said the sons of the gods because he didn't believe in god the one god yet so that's what that's basically why he said the son of the gods so now we're gonna move on to the new testament for some more examples and this is going to kind of get into some proof on how jesus is also god because that's jesus is god god the son the trinity so in john chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning was the word and the word was god and the word was god and basically the world was made through jesus and um i also have a verse in psalm but i'll explain that one later In John chapter 10, um, verse 30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one, hinting at that he is God, and he is one with the Father. 
In John 14 and 6, he hints at being God. This was really hard for me to point out. I actually read something about it. John 14 6 says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, if we turn it back, throw it throw back to the um, Old Testament and go to Exodus 3 and the burning bush, Moses was like, Yo, God, like, what do I, how, what do I call you? Because every time God would present himself to a prophet or Abraham, he'll say, like, the everlasting God or the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, and stuff like that. But Moses was like, God, what do I call you? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And then God continued to say, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. Now, if we go back to John 14, 6. So basically, when God says, I am, that means there's no equal to God. And then we go to John 14, 6, when Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That hints that there is no equal to Jesus. Um, and then we're going to go back to Psalm 33. One of um, our friends pointed this out in a Bible study the other day, and I just thought it was really cool. Psalm 33, verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all... By the breath of his mouth all their host. Um, by the word, John chapter 1, in the beginning the word was with God. And uh, the heavens were made, and by the breath, the Spirit of God, you see that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. And I just, that's something that's not really easily pointed out just out of the blue. Because, you know, sometimes you're just reading through Psalm, and you're like, oh, this is a good verse. But you wouldn't be able to point that out easily. This is kind of like a subtle thing, you know? Um, does anyone else have anything to say about the Trinity? Leilani? Nope, I have nothing else to say. Emmanuel? You know, the Trinity is a very complex topic to even understand for Christians themselves. For Christians to say we understand the Trinity would be false because the true reality is no Christian or anyone would truly understand the mystery and the works of God we won't ever know it for eternity like it or not hump it or dump it but um, where was I going um we, we see that in John chapter 3 where where a lot of people who believe in a regenerative baptism um, believing you must be baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, as a part of salvation now you see in Matthew 28 where Jesus says go baptize in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit's name Context-wise, during the time of the talk with Nicodemus, there was no such thing as go baptize in the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It was not a Trinitarian baptism. It was John's baptism, not a Trinitarian. But by the time you get to the resurrection of Christ and when 
when he comes talking to his disciples during the Great Commission, that is truly where we see a big evidential, a bit of understanding of the Trinity mentioning all four and as I said earlier where Paul mentions uh, all three of them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 um, oh my gosh my voice is just going crazy um, does anyone have anything else to say on the Trinity before we move on to the topic no I think that's it All right. Um, what was the question that someone asked again? Again, the question was asked: (laughs) (laughs) If we have free will, hold up. That just let let me read it. All right. So the question is, how do we have free will if God is all-knowing? That's a good question. That is a really good Isn't question. Isn't that such a like, good makes question? makes you really think. So if you're like, I, I wasn't That's expecting that question. But I knew, what the, I knew what the question was like three hours ago. <laughs> I just didn't take the time to think about it. If God is all-knowing, then why did, is, and then like, why did God give us free will? I know he have... Is that, was that the question I meant? How do we have free will well, if God is all knowing? We're not God's puppets. God doesn't control us. Um, God is all knowing. He is omniscient. Um, but He allows things to happen and He'll use those things like He allows that to work in our lives. Um, and God gave us free will because we don't, He doesn't control us. You see that in Genesis chapter 3 when the serpent tempted Eve to sin and she chose to sin. Um, God didn't go like yeah don't do it and then pulled a like puppet on strings he didn't do that he allowed it to happen and he had a plan all along because you can see later in that chapter god's literally hints at a virgin birth and sending down his son to bear the cross and defeating death but god allows these things to happen in roman chapter 8 that's literally where i am let's see what what verse is it god says that everything works together for the good so no matter good or bad god is going to work that he knows it's gonna be he knows we're gonna do it but he's gonna use it for the good because god doesn't control us he gives us free will i said that like 10 times but yeah do y'all have anything well to say i feel like the answer that i kind of have is a bit wrong that's fine <laughs> Okay, but like we need <laughs> to start off. Like we we uh we definitely have to break down the question the question. So you know, like a question like oh well, God is in control. Like that really does kind of like make it seem well. Yeah, God is in control. So that like whatever God wants, um, he gets without question. And again, like Catherine said, like God is not a dictator. Like he does, he doesn't want to dictate over our lives. So then he gave us free will. And free will also it kind of suggests that um we have um that free will somehow requires a lack of control in order to be truly free. 
so like we kind of have to like rephrase the question and kind of put it can we can we our free can we use our free will to kind of divert god's plans for our lives if we really try so um so first like let's see what like the definition so like first free will is simply a function of being an intelligent being able to make choices from among options so this needed requires that no one is to be in control nor does it preclude someone from making plans or having a will of their own second the version of god hinted in the question comes across as a selfish puppet master playing with the lives of humans while we while we poor humans dance and jerk with every tug of the strings so obviously that's not the god in the bible and if you think that's the god of the bible then you're quite like misunderstanding him because god is a loving father and we are his children so the answer should be a little bit easier to see like as the father in the home he is in control so um being in control indicates that someone is directing someone not necessarily compelling something and even when compel- compulsion is used it is it's no guarantee that the person in control will get what they want so um I recognize that some people like will take a long time to learn certain lessons but I expect in that time like they will start figuring things out and for themselves so by the time they're adults their odds are good they'll probably do a lot of things the same um the same way like you and I would do or you know other functioning adults would, would do so like in other words like you have to be willing to wait for your plans to come to fruition so um in in other words like God's um I God doesn't need us in order to have his will come to pass. He just lets us take part in his plan to benefit us. So in the question like what if we all go against um God's will um through let's like look let's look at it through like uh let's say if I was a parent and I said um my kids like decided to actively disobey everything i say just because they'll think it like re- will preserve their free will which they feel somehow threatened by obeying me what would like what like what would happen so one their rooms would be trash they'll lie they'll steal they'll cheat they'll actively hurt someone um etc so a a exhausted list by like it it's quite like um it sometimes it seems like a confusing question but it's kind of straightforward because like it just means if god makes plans for people and like he does we can certainly choose to go against those plans that choice however wouldn't impact god's authority any more than if i had kids deciding not to do their chores would impact mine we can't oust him from power simply by disobeying him our free will is a gift if we want to live poorly god respects our decision to do so though like it will pain him to watch us go against his will and leave a sinful rotting life um um god loves us so um we should stop blaming him for the consequences of our actions because everybody knows that 
all every action that you take, there are consequences, whether good and bad. And we should take responsibility for them rather than trying to blame God for them. Do you understand? Yeah. What kind of What's your answer, Emmanuel? <clears throat> well, there's a prophet in the Bible whose name is Habakkuk. And if you know what he is known for, then good. Oh, and I know that Leilani's mom's listening to this. Hi, Leilani's mom, I love you. <laughs> keep, keep laughing to my talks. I probably um, made my mom listen to this episode. Um, like, listen to it. Um, um, so there's so we have a prophet and he cries out and says lord how long are these bad stuff gonna happen when when justice doesn't even go forth why are such things happening to me affliction pains and woes well that is the cause of publishing sin in this world but but God knowing that sin would occur why didn't he stop it well everything what God does uh, using back with that uh, verse in Romans I believe first Romans 28 I think um He, he does it to <clears throat> to show off his to show off his works and to, to really attract and get the attention of non-believers uh, not not even in a force, forceful way uh, you see Elijah and and the prophets of Baal having an argument and they and Elijah says if my God um, does so and so then I win but if he doesn't then y'all win but he has to send fire down first so the people uh, who worship Baal they did X Y and Z then then Elijah did his stuff then fire came down well that was to show the people what what God's plan is for humanity to to show the, the realness the power and the attraction towards the cross but it almost seems like a predestined question almost a Calvinistic question um, because because what God does it being omnipotent omniscient and so on he lets you decide if you want to be the, the writer of so and so book and the publisher then you do it I'm not going to interfere with 
with another's person authorizing or publishing their lifestyle. But there comes a consequence and you can't blame that consequence on God even though he knew it. Because the actions of your publishment is what finalizes your choice in thinking. Could he stop it? Of course he can. But then atheists would cry and say, God is so good. Why did he do so and so? Well, we'll be happy. There's there's an argument in Micah where God goes back and forth with the people of Israel. Then it was to stop the argument, one had to stop talking. It was either God or the people. So God chose to be quiet for 400 years. Did God know that he was going to be silent for 400 years? Of course. But did the people know? Of course not. And their actions and their consequences marrying marrying again and again, leaving their wives of their youth and arguing back with God that is the penalty of consequences. There is no one to blame except for the actions of your publishment. Whatever you write in a book, if it offends someone, you're going to get criticism. And that criticism has to be upon yourself. Because you were the one that chose to do such thing. Now God not wanting to interfere with with stuff and going back to Habakkuk. Justice has to go forth. So if you continue to live in your wickedness. Then at the end of the day. There's going to be consequences for that wickedness. Now, you see how I said at the end of the day and not rather when you are doing your sins. Because God doesn't interfere. If he did knowing, because he does know, then it, it would violate the human. God is not a violator. He is a yeah. option giver. Uh... He's very slow to anger. But whatever he does, a judgment upon you will come to pass. And that does make that clear in Ezekiel 12. Now, Judah and Israel sinning, 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 so on. There was justice, right? But then finally, there had to be an ultimate penalty for that. 
And when God stepped in as a law enforcement, he wasn't interfering with their sin. He was interfering with their lives and and how they are going to change. Because once God inter- interferes in your life, especially as a punishment for your wickedness, then that's a big ouch. Does anyone have anything else to say? No, not really. No, not really. Not really, love. Okay. Um, so if you heard me sniffling throughout the podcast, I'm so sorry if that grosses you out. Don't. Just attack me. Don't attack Emmanuel or Leonie. Um, so. That was basically the whole podcast. Um. Leilani, say a fun fact about yourself since you were in the, you weren't in the last episode. Um, I think well, I'm from Ireland, but maybe a bit in the future episodes you might hear me speak in a British accent because I do like switching into a British, a very bad one. Yeah, a British accent. Like right now, I'm switching into my British accent. I really do like talking in <coughs> British accent. So I'm sorry, but. I'm also a theologian, um, but he likes to think that I'm not, but I am actually a theologian. Um, I think he's Cut. just a bit jealous because I have my PhD, but you know, we'll Cut get to it off. together, won't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would love. Um, I just wanted to tell you guys my fire fit today. Um... Leilani already saw it when I was trying to act out Shakespeare to try to figure out what this whole paragraph was. Oh, I was, I was reading Shakespeare. Not the interrupting. Um, Thank you. He does that all the time. <laughs> um, I'm wearing this shirt that I embroidered with a cat on it. There's a black turtleneck under it. I have some running shorts on. And these royal blue socks with the office on them. So that's Bless. my fit. Uh, do you have anything else to say, Emmanuel? Since you wanted to interrupt me. No, but um, but two very important doctrine which you should study yeah. for everyone on your own time yeah. is the doctrine of free will and doctrine of the Trinity, and. To you, figure it out yourself of whether that is right or or wrong. Because um, I know that there are people that do disagree with such stuff, like free free will and predestination and trinity and oneness. And but, if you guys but, yeah. have any questions for us, you can email us at faithtalkspodcast25 at gmail.com or you can message us on Instagram, faith.talkpodcast or you can message us on TikTok, faithtalkspodcast and we might, but we will, we will answer them in a future episode. And we 
really exactly. encourage you to pray, stay pray, word. pray, pray, um, pray. Read, 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 read. Period. Tell you the Bible, <laughs> the word of God is the food for the spirit. So don't don't starve your spirit. My youth pastor used to say the word of God and then the whole youth group have to go. He'll be like the word of God is and the whole youth group go good stuff. And then we were like, yeah. Um, so if you do have any questions, yes. you can just DM us, you can email us and we'll answer yeah. your question in an episode. Um, but our last thing to say is <laughs> Jesus loves you. <laughs> rem- rem- Remember. <laughs> Remember, and not of this world, and not of this and world. So until you pick up your life, deny your flesh, and follow him. Because it doesn't matter if you're not rich in this world, you will be rich in heaven with him, with eternity. So, amen. All right, Jesus loves. Remember you. that Jesus yeah. loves you so much and if you want to give your life to Christ you can also email us message us with DM um, us I'm and curious. we will be glad to help you bye yes. alright bye <laughs> say bye <laughs>